0: This episode is brought to you by ProMensal.
1: The thing that really eats my shorts the most is the lack of awareness that I had. Like I'd never heard of perimenopause, but worse still is the lack of awareness that health professionals have. It should be one of the first questions that gets asked of someone in their, their sort of their 40s who starting life is starting, the wheels are starting to fall off life and being aware that it can contribute in
0: so many different ways, both physically and psychologically. Welcome to Thriving in Menopause, brought to you by Prevention Magazine. I'm Andrea Deval, and thanks for joining us. The thing about perimenopause is many of us don't know when we're in it because, hey, we're too young to be in menopause, right? Here at Thriving in Menopause, it's one of our goals to make every one of you informed about what happens during this time of transition. So today, I'm joined by Jo Caminiti. Jo's perimenopause journey really resonated with me, and I look forward to her sharing her story with all of you. Hi, Jo. Hi, Andrea. Great to be here. So let's set the scene. How old were you when you started to feel things were just not quite right? That's a really difficult
1: question to answer because you're sort of a bit like the frog in the pot that's being brought to the boil. You don't actually know what's going on is because of something else or it's just life, the universe and everything. In retrospect, I would say it was my early to mid-40s that I was starting to have sleep disturbances, but I'd had a marriage breakdown. I was a single mum. I was working full time. Of course, you're going to have sleep disturbances, you think, you know, like it's hard to know, isn't it? I noticed myself walking down the street in a shop window reflection and I thought, who is that middle-aged, fat, frumpy old woman who's waddling? And I thought, goodness me, you know, and and then I realised I'd been having these bouts of inflammatory aches. I thought, desk job, 40, unfit, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I'd never heard of perimenopause. I did not link it to my hormones, not until I was in my mid-50s.
0: So I'm assuming yep. it along the way you've seen your GP and what sort of response did they have? I'd seen my GP about the aches because I was getting a
1: weekly massage just to try and unseize me, which was sort of helping keeping me going. Um, my GP sent me off for the normal blood test, you know, inflammatory, you know, arthritis markers and stuff like that, and they came back negative, negative. and he wanted to refer me to a rheumatologist, but I'd seen my mum being referred to a rheumatologist who put her on some really evil medications like heavy-duty medications with side effects and I thought well I don't feel bad enough to want to do that so you know you put up with it you try you know you go to the massage therapist you go to the you know the, the the osteo you go to whoever can try and help you um sort it out I also um committed to doing the great Vic bike ride and did six months of training for it, I thought, well, maybe if I can sort of have something that will, a goal to get me to do the physical work, then then that might help. And it did. It helped. It helped sort of with my fitness, but it didn't solve the problem. And the bouts of inflammatory aches just got worse and worse. But there was also the other things going on, the waking at the 3am wakeys with racing heart and racing mind. The the creeping despondency about work, the lack of joy in life well you know yeah you're busy you're working full-time you've got a you've got a child going through school and and you're single parenting and and you're trying to negotiate the dating game. <laughs> life was pretty
0: kind of you, you're not feeling you know, very good about yourself at this point. No
1: and my periods were still regular and menopause was, Something that happened when your periods stopped and you got hot flushes. Yeah, my periods were still going and I didn't have hot flushes.
0: So, what happened to your confidence at this point?
1: Um, I. <laughs> at that point my confidence was okay oh, cuz I was just uh you know bulldozed through on busy. your bloody minded determination <laughs> um i was trying all sorts of things um, at, you know i was um, using the employee assistance scheme at work to you know counseling because i I'd, I'd had some counseling through marriage breakdown i was getting massages to keep me physically moving i was trying all sorts of things at night to help with the sleep so and i was trying all sorts of dietary things to see what whether it was some food intolerance or something that the aches were being caused from i was doing all of that you know um but it just It just kept sort of ticking on. And I I was getting angrier. I was getting despondent and I was getting angrier. And angry was something I've lived with all my life. I used to get PMS really bad. So I had this process to deal with essentially a week a month where I couldn't trust my gut instincts. If I got really angry about something at work, it was usually at work, I go, okay, is it in the danger zone? Is it in the red zone? And if the answer was no, it's like, okay, that's that's something legitimate to be angry about. The answer was yes. It was like, hmm, okay, does it warrant being angry? And if the answer was no, it's like, okay, stand down, leave it for a week, just leave it. But If the answer was yes, then the next question is, does it warrant kind of, delivering the full hormonal augmented rage and is it worth clearing up the mess and the consequences of that and if the answer was still no it's like well stand down and leave it for a week but if the answer was yes it's like okay go for it enjoy you know (laughs) it's worth it but I, i i could work around it and i was you know i did very well i was in middle management and executive management and and stuff like that so it's not like it it Stopped my career completely or anything like that. I could manage around it and it works while everything's in a regular pattern. And the thing with perimenopause, which I'd never heard of, is that that's when things just sort of go haywire and your hormones and your periods all kind of disconnect from each other. And I didn't know that. So I didn't know that my PMS um, was disconnecting from my period. And when you're angry all the time, that's not real good. It's corrosive to work situations. It's corrosive to relationships. And it's also exhausting. If you're trying to keep a lid on it all the time and be professional, you're knackered by the end of the day because you've just been trying to play nice and grit your teeth and just.
0: Yeah and and it's and yeah. this is so common and and you know when we talk about work a UK study found that one in 10 women quit their job because of menopause symptoms what happened in your case well what happened was
1: that there was the anger which was exhausting to manage there was the despondency at which was really disappointing because it meant no, I didn't have the fire in the belly to, you know, fight the good fight anymore. And then there was the crying on the way to work. What is that? That's that's not, that's not not something we should be doing. And you don't even know why, you know. Like life was sort of going along okay. It's not like I had anything to cry about. You know, and I'm not a cryy sort of person. So, so all of these things were going on. So, what happened next? I was so stressed out. Um, I'd whinge to my partner, who we weren't living together at the time. So, I'd ring up at night, and um, <laughs> he'd listen to me whinge and moan and rant and rave. But I thought I can't keep doing this to him. I can't keep doing it to me, and I can't keep doing it to my massage therapist who was a dear friend. And I actually I actually thought she was going to pick up one of her hot rocks and smack me over the back of the head with it because that's what I would have done to myself if I'd heard that after whinging and moaning and carrying on. And I I think <laughs> in my mind I heard her take a deep breath and said, well, why don't you take some leave?" So obviously my confidence had gone, my judgment had gone, my ability to rationally think through circumstances had gone and I was just kind of hanging on. So I took seven months long service leave at half pay with a plan to have no plan.
0: We'll be right back after this. Perimenopause can actually start in your 40s. Declining oestrogen production during perimenopause brings on changes to menstrual cycles and often the onset of hot flushes, night sweats, mood swings and sexual problems. Promencal Perry is specifically designed for perimenopausal women and can help relieve these common menopausal symptoms. Promencal Perry is available at leading pharmacies across Australia and offers a cost-effective treatment at under $1 a day when things start to change, try Premensal Perry. Always read the label and follow the directions for use. Okay, we're back. How did that go?
1: Oh god, it was such a relief. I bought this was I was 50 by then. I bought myself a MIG welder for my 50th birthday and I taught myself to weld from YouTube and I made some things because I always wanted to weld and
0: make things. Joe, you've still not thought about menopause at this point, have you? No. <laughs> so tell me what happened next. And
1: I went back to work, and little did I know that they'd made
0: a decision to make my position redundant. <laughs> wow. So here's the thing. The average age of menopause, as in the period stopping in Australia, is 51. And here you are, okay, so there is not everybody goes through it exactly at 51. But here you are right in that zone, fronting up for work as if you've resolved all of the health issues just through your own hard, sheer grit. Tell me when you realized, ah, there was something else going on. It wasn't you.
1: That was still probably another five years later, because I I, I I had regular periods right up sort of through my early fifties, so that wasn't a sign, and I still didn't have hot flushes. And <laughs> when when my position wound up, we decided that I should take a plunge into my art full time, and I thought, right, I'm going to be an artist. I don't know whether I can say that. It's a bit scary. I'll I'll do art. I'll do art. That's what I'll do. I'll make sculptures, and it gave me a focus and a purpose. And I went into it with vigor. We had our new property, so I had animals again. I grew up on a farm, so I had cows and I had sheep, and and so that energized me. By then, my periods had sort of been going, you know, missing for months at a time, but I still wasn't having hot flushes really. But at the start of the um the COVID pandemic I got crook and when I finally started to get over that after about six weeks there was absolutely no energy the aches and stiffness inflammatory aches and stiffness had become my permanent state I mean they'd been ramping up I was weak as a kitten I couldn't even open jars let alone hold power tools in the shed so I'd already been quite successful with sculptures I'd been to exhibitions and stuff like that but suddenly I couldn't do anything so I realized something was going on and I thought well hot flashes periods missing at least I can perhaps do something about that so there happened to be an episode of Insight on SBS, on menopause. And they talked about this thing called perimenopause that can be 10 years before menopause starts and it's aches and it's mental health sort of issues. It's it's rage, it's all sorts of things. And I thought, good grief, I can tick all of those boxes and I have done for years. And so... They also mentioned the menopause and perimenopause support group on Facebook, and I looked them up, and it's fantastic evidence-based group. So I did the dive into all of the the literature, incredible literature, not just you know some bloody celebrity claiming that you know they took this magic potion and you can buy it from me too. I thought right, I reckon that's been perimenopause, and I reckon I need hormone. Uh, support so i went to my doctor a youngish woman actually and i went there armed with information and said look i think a lot of these issues and the the sleeplessness and the hot flushes are menopause related or perimenopause because i still haven't gone 12 months without a period um i would like to try menopausal hormone therapy and she said i think you should have antidepressants." Oh. Yeah. And I said, no, I don't want antidepressants. Oh, it'll help the flushes. She goes, it'll change your perception of pain, so it'll help the aches. And it's like, I don't want to change my perception of pain. I want to actually fix the aches, thanks, you know. I'd rather treat the causes, not the symptoms. Um, and she really pushed the antidepressants, and I had to put her on the spot and say, do you have something against menopausal hormone therapy? And she hedged a bit and then she basically said, no. And she said, all right, what do you want? (laughs) So I had to tell her what I wanted from the looking into the information and the recommendations from the Australasian Menopause
0: Society. So she wrote it out and off I went to the chemist. So you had to be your own champion, your own advocate for your getting the right support. Yep. I could have been whacked on antidepressants
1: and then more antidepressants. So anyway, I was was kind of really, I was really hopeful that it would work and I was really terrified that it wouldn't because I was in a pretty bad way. I had the first decent night's sleep in about eight years. I didn't have flushes. It was amazing. And I woke up the next morning and I got out of bed and I didn't hobble. Like I could actually walk instead of this hobbling. I could put my pants on without falling over or having to sit on the bed or lean on the wardrobe. And that's that's how it's been. And I've heard through the support group, there were many other people who have experienced
0: a very similar thing. Did you feel at this point that you're, you'd also regained your who you were? It was like, "Hello, Joe's back. I feel like me. My emotions are more in balance. The way I see life it, as an optimist, as you clearly are, just you just you just felt like you again. It, it did. So yes, it
1: immediately helped quell that burning rage. So to turn that around. It took, you know, the weight lifted off was wonderful, but to then get energy back and enthusiasm back and trust in your own body and that it's going to not let you down, you know, that took a while longer. Um, It probably took about a good six weeks of getting decent sleep to really start feeling better, you know, like. Like, wow, I think I can actually do
0: stuff. This is amazing. We'll be right back after this. Okay, we're back.
1: Not long after that, I got a phone call about a public commission for a sculpture. So it came at just the right moment. If I hadn't have, if it had been a couple of months earlier, I would have had to say, I can't, I can't. I can, I can barely walk to the shed, let alone hang on to power tools. And so it was a complete and utter turnaround. Yeah, it was just fantastic. And I could start to exercise. I even took up running. I can I can run a kilometre now. I'm I hadn't impressed. run a kilometre since high school. <laughs> you know, I lost thirteen kilos because every day I was running with my too naughty to be a seeing eye dog released really seeing eye <laughs> dog.
0: So, Joe, it's such a great happy ending that your menopause journey had. Looking back now, um, tell me what you're, I suppose, most angriest about in hindsight.
1: so angry is an interesting word isn't it look the, the thing that really eats my shorts the most is the lack of awareness that i had like i'd never heard of perimenopause but worse still is the lack of awareness that health professionals have it should be one of the first questions that gets asked of 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 someone in their their sort of their 40s Who are starting life is starting, the wheels are starting to fall off life. You know, we cope with all sorts of stuff. The not coping is a new thing. Ask the question is it, could it be perimenopause contributing to this? I think that's the most important thing. And being aware that it can contribute in so many different ways, both physically and psychologically.
0: That's great advice, Joe. Um, That's all we've got time for. But thank you so much, Joe, for sharing your story with us today. And I hope those people listening get something that they can take away for themselves. Listeners, thanks for joining us. Meanwhile, for more practical advice to help you live your best life at midlife, do pick up a copy of Prevention Magazine. I'm Andrea Duvall, and I'll see you next time.